Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Inside the Mirror Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle David. Today we're talking about something that is super close to my heart um, from my life experience and just where my heart is at. Addiction, specifically alcohol and drug addiction. Um, If you are unclear on what an addiction is, it's just anything that you can't stop doing. That's not a that's not a uh, Webster's definition. That's my definition because the definition of addiction on Google is being addicted. So that wasn't helpful. So the definition of addiction to me is a uh, is a habit or a ritual or something that you cannot stop doing, that you don't have the power to stop doing. Which is actually the first step in NA and AA is admitting that you are powerless over your addiction. So it does make sense that addiction would be something that you are addicted to, you cannot stop doing it. First, I'd like to start off this episode um, just by taking a quick moment to say rest in peace to some famous names that we know that have been taken early by alcohol or drug addiction. Michael Jackson, Whitney Houston, Tom Petty, Amy Winehouse, Heath Ledger, Prince, Elvis Presley, Ike Turner, Chris Farley, John Belushi, Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin, Lil Peep, Mac Miller, and sadly, Juice World, as of yesterday, and so many others that I don't have the time to name. Rest in peace to everyone who's ever been taken early by alcohol or drug addiction. My heart is heavy when I read that list of names. And the millions and millions and millions and millions of others that have died from alcohol or drug addiction. Those are names that we know. We know the story of those people. But what we don't think about sometimes, at least in my opinion, is we don't realize that there are people every day dropping dead from alcohol and drug addiction. Every single day. Here's a statistic for you. 30 Americans die every day in alcohol-related car accidents. Almost 21 million Americans have a substance addiction. 21 million Americans have a substance addiction. 300 million approximate people on earth have an alcohol addiction. 300 million. Approximately 70,000 people have overdosed on drugs in the past two years. 70,000 people have overdosed on drugs in the past two years. 130 Americans die every day from opioid overdose. That's just opioids. So we want to talk about it when Michael Jackson dies, when Juice World dies, when Mac Miller dies. Rest in peace to all of those. But we should be talking about this on a much greater scale when 130 people a day just in America are dying from opioid over- overdoses. That's just opioids. Why are, why are 130 people a day in America dying from opioid overdoses? Well, here's part of the problem. Approximately 200 million opioid prescriptions have been issued every year since 2006. 200 million prescriptions for opioids a year. 200 million prescriptions a year in America. What What has been concurrent with the rise of opioid addiction and drug addiction? The use of social media. It's just fact. As people are able to now compare themselves and are now now put on this pedestal of how do I compare to the next person, the next man, the next woman? How do I look? Am I successful enough? Comparison definitely plays a role. I don't have any statistics, 
but if you'd like to disagree with me, uh, we can look up some statistics and some studies. But come on, guys, to think that comparison is not contributing is crazy. And the easy access to drugs, 200 million legal prescriptions of opioids were given out in 2018. That's insane. To think that we are not in a time of peak epidemic, even though we don't talk about it much, is insane. We are in the middle of an epidemic. Not just opioids, but drug and alcohol addiction at its height. It's never been this bad. Why, why do we only talk about it when Mac Miller dies, when Prince dies, for a little bit of time? But, but, we, but we can't say much about it because we don't want to take away from their legacy. Their legacy will live on. But the conversation around drug and alcohol addiction should not die down as we move on with our lives. People are dying. 21 million Americans have a substance addiction. But here's the sad part. 10% of them ever get any real help. 10% of 21 million ever get any real help. Alcohol is the cause of one in every 20 deaths in America. One in every 20 people that dies, whether it be from a car accident, a heart condition, old age, uh, accident, one in 20 of them is from alcohol. And I'll be unpopular for saying that alcohol is a drug. It is a drug. You can become addicted to it, right? But we like to think because it doesn't come in powder or syringe form that seems uh, wild to us because you can just drink it. It's just a liquid. It's not a drug. It is a drug. Alcohol is a drug. You may not like that. I'm super unconcerned with your opinion. When one in 20 people in America die from alcohol. One in every 20 people in America die from alcohol. So if you don't like that I said alcohol is a drug, you need to do some soul searching on why you are not compassionate towards the people that are being killed every day by the use of alcohol. All of these statistics come from the United States Addiction Center. These are not from me. Addiction costs the United States $600 billion a year. Think about that. $600 billion a year. Guys, we're living in the craziest time of addiction the world has ever seen, yet the conversation is small and silent. We should be in an uproar. The fact that the majority of people from 21 to 35 spend five days a week looking forward to the two days on the weekends where they can go and consume mass amounts of drugs. Yes, alcohol is a drug. Now, I don't want you to feel bad if you go out on the weekends and drink, but you should be aware of what you're consuming. You should be aware of the effect that it's having on hundreds of millions of people. 300 million people approximately in the world have an alcohol problem, just alcohol. 300 million have an alcohol addiction. And that's not counting the people that we don't count because they go out on the weekends. It's not an addiction because they go back to work on Mondays. Look, guys, we are in the middle of a crazy crisis, epidemic. People are dropping dead. Again, what did I say here? 130 Americans die a day from opioid overdose, not including alcohol, cocaine, heroin, fentanyl, Xanax, every other pill, ecstasy, MDMA. I could go on and on and on. This is close to my heart because this is something I dealt with from the time I was 18 and used my first substance till I was 27 and checked into a drug rehab. I battled with addiction. 
We can become, we as people can become addicted to anything, but I want to speak specifically about alcohol and drug addiction because I have dealt with that and my family has dealt with that, the repercussions of my choices. So before you say, Kyle, get off your high horse, no, I dealt with this. I've been through it. I lived through it. I made it out. I'm going to speak on it. We as a society are the problem. You can go back to that statistic and say, see, it's the doctors with those 200 million opioid prescriptions. Really? Because we just lost rapper Juice World, who is in an industry that glorifies the use of lean, Xanax, Molly, ecstasy, alcohol, cocaine, hip-hop, music. But hip-hop specifically, especially over the course of the last 10 years, continues to grow in its support of drug use. And then we're, surpri- we're surprised when a rapper dies. Mac Miller, Juice World. When we're surprised when these artists die because they, they've been told that that's what's cool. That's what people want to hear. That's what you should do. Shame on us. Shame on hip-hop. And shame on the industry that continues to push the support of alcohol and drug use to make money, to drive sales, to lose lives. My heart is heavy for fans of Juice World, the people that knew Juice World. If you don't know who Juice World was, Juice World was a rapper that just died at the age of 21. He just turned 21 and died in an airport from a seizure, a drug-induced seizure. They said he was bleeding from his mouth when the paramedics got him. He was still alive. He was bleeding from his mouth and then died shortly after. If that's not graphic, if you can't picture that in your mind, if that doesn't make you sad, if that doesn't scare you, I would definitely question you. Juice World did a did a project with Future, rapper Future. They put out a joint collaboration album called World on Drugs. Future has been known to promote lean use, Xanax, Molly, alcohol. I'm not talking down to Future. There are so many others. But that's just one example of someone that people look up to. A musician, an artist, a celebrity that openly promotes heavy, heavy drug use. He said it in interviews. I've watched them. Again, Future's not the only one, but that's an example of the many, many hip-hop artists specifically and artists in general and an industry that promotes heavy, heavy drug use unashamedly. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. People are dying, but this drives sales. This is what, quote-unquote, people want to hear. So this is what we're going to put out. We want artists that will use drugs and talk about drugs. That's what the industry wants. That's what hip-hop is pushing. If you look at the top artists then listen to their music, you'll find drug use in almost every single top artist that's out right now. Test me on that. Here's a question. Who's allowing these people? These are celebrities. These are not people living in isolation. Juice World, Mac Miller, Prince, Michael Jackson. Who's allowing these people to use these substances and not say anything. That's part of the problem, is that we live in a time where we don't think about the repercussions of the use of drugs, or we ignore it in the moment, not thinking about the long-term consequences, or we support it because it's not something on our agenda that's a big deal. Think about this, guys. The majority of young adults in America spend five days of their week working to go out Friday and Saturday nights 
and consume massive amounts of drugs and alcohol. Then go back to work on Monday and then maybe make it Monday, Tuesday and go out Wednesday and maybe Thursday or maybe they don't and they actually wait till Friday, Saturday to go out again and consume massive amounts of drugs and alcohol. And if we speak out against it, it's, it becomes unpopular, we're hateful, we're judgmental. No, I'm not. I'm not judging your, your character one bit. I'm simply saying alcohol and drugs are prevalent and the majority of young adults is going out and using them and no one wants to say anything about it. Well, you can't say that I'm an old man because I'm not. You can't say, what, what, what would be your, your comeback against me? Kyle, you just don't know. Yes, I do because that's what I used to do, except I did it every night. I went to work and I worked hard and made money and then got off work and used drugs and alcohol. And I did it from the time I was 18 as much as possible till the time I was 27. And I finally was suicidal, depressed, dependent on alcohol, spending my last monies to get alcohol, cocaine, ecstasy, whatever I could, pills. My life was in shambles. It was a wreck. I know about that life. So I'm going to speak on that life. I didn't start out sniffing cocaine. I just started out partying. A few nights a week, Friday, Saturday, we'd go out, we'd drink. That was fun. It didn't end fun. It ended up costing me a whole lot. Almost my life. So if you don't want to hear me speak on this, go ahead and turn it off. Because you're not going to like my message continuing in this. We have to hold ourselves accountable. Music is a huge driver of alcohol and drug use. What we listen to and what we put in comes out in our behavior. It's just like food. When you put in bad food, it will eventually manifest into some fat, into you not looking in shape. But what you put in comes out. Same with what you put into your brain. When you put in this music, whether consciously or subconsciously, you're being affected by the messages in the music. I'm going to read a couple quotes here on addiction that I thought were pretty powerful. This one says, addiction begins with the hope that something out there can fill the emptiness inside us. Man, isn't that the truth? Nobody starts out to become an addict of anything, but it begins with the hope that something can fill the emptiness we all feel inside at some point. I'm going to read another quote and then I want to say something. This next quote says, at first addiction is maintained by pleasure. But the intensity of this pleasure gradually diminishes and the addiction is then maintained by the avoidance of pain. Whew. Guys, this is something that I truly believe. That the reason we become addicted to things, specifically drugs and alcohol, is for one of two reasons. Either A, we're seeking to mask our insecurities, or B, we are seeking to cover up some type of pain. We're either seeking to run from our insecurities or run from our pain. That's something I can consciously remember. I, I, thought, I had that thought when I was speaking to a group in Paris, Texas, a group of, uh, of addicts that I spoke to, and I literally was speaking to them, and that just came, and I said it. And then after I left, I kept thinking about it. I was like, that's it. We're either seeking to get rid of our insecurities or to cover up our pain. We may not think so. No, I just go out on the weekends because I like to have fun. Okay, well, you could save money and stay home and just drink there. 
No, but the insecurity of not being cool, of not being around people, of not being fed some type of self-worth by others. Ooh, some of you aren't going to like me right now. That's okay. Or pain. We're hurting. The, the logical thing to do seems to be to have a drink. What do we do whenever anything bad happens? Man, I just need a drink. You had a hard day at work? Man, I just need a drink. Something happened? What do we do? I can speak on experience. When my grandmother died at a funeral, what do we all do? We all went to the funeral and then we went and we drank together. We drink. Bad things happen. We drink. We don't feel good about something. Let's have a drink. How common is that? But it goes deeper than that because we are not just having a drink. Most people don't just have a drink. They have multiple drinks. People that are routinely drinking heavy amounts usually have some type of issue there. It's not the alcohol that's the root cause or the underlying issue. It's what's inside. It's the insecurities. It's the pain. It's the grip that that thing has on you. It's not just alcohol, guys. Again, 130 people a day die from opioid overdose. I know a lot of heroin addicts active and in recovery. It's powerful. Pills. I used to crush up Xanax and snort them. The relief that came from that was so temporary, but it was so good. Again, you're talking to someone or listening to someone that is in recovery. I, I am an addict. I was an addict. Whatever you politically correct people want to define me as. I have the mind of an addict. I know what it's like. I was trying to escape my insecurities and my pain. It was A and B for me. I grew up very always insecure comparing myself to others just because I, I grew up very performance driven in my own mind. I wanted to be the best, look the best, do the best. So I was always comparing myself to the best, which made me extremely insecure. So by the time I got out of high school, I was extremely insecure. It was caused by me. I never was really treated poorly. I wasn't really bullied. People liked me in school. But I, I created my own insecurities by comparing myself to the best of the best at everything. The best looking, the best athletes, the coolest guys, the guys with the most girls. Everything that I thought was the best, I compared myself to them. And it left me feeling extremely insecure. And then I had a lot of pain. I had an uncle die when I was young. My grandmother died. Uh, death, I saw death at a young age. I had several things happen in my life that caused me some pain. And I carried that with me. So combine the insecurity I had with the pain that I had. Again, the most logical thing to do was numb it, run from it. I was young. I was 18 when I started drinking and using substances. I wasn't thinking, man, I should go take care of these deeper core issues. I wasn't even self-aware enough to know that I had these deeper core issues. It was a subconscious insecurity. It was deep down pain. I'd been abandoned by a girlfriend that I've been with for a long time. That was part of the pain. Several other things. The young death I saw at a young age. Uh, rejection from several situations. Again, insecurity and pain drove me to years and years of addiction. My addiction started out, again, just drinking on the weekends when I could get we could get somebody to buy us alcohol, which was pretty frequent. And then it it then turned to using when ever I could so daily if Monday or Tuesday I don't care we can get some alcohol I'm drinking and then it became I'm drinking when nobody's around as long as I can get something and then it became what else can we do well here's some pills we'll take these pills okay as long anytime we can get some pills we're gonna take those cool 
So, and it gradually grows. Again, addiction is sneaky. It doesn't happen overnight. You don't go out one night and then come home and you're just all of a sudden a, an, uh, an alcoholic with a cocaine and heroin problem. It's gradual. Because as this, thing said, as this quote said right here, once the in- intensity of the pleasure diminishes, the addiction is then maintained by the avoidance of pain. And you can't avoid the pain if, if the, intense, the intensity isn't working anymore. You have to up the dosage. I started with alcohol, smoking pot, drinking alcohol, then pills added on to that, then crushing the pills, snorting those, cocaine, I'll take that, it built and built and built and built, this is not an uncommon story, I'm not just some uncommon person, this is, we're in the middle of the addiction epidemic, here's a quote I'd like to read to you I thought was super powerful as well, it says, At every stage, addiction is driven by one of the most powerful, mysterious, and vital forces of human existence. What drives addiction is longing. A longing not just of the brain, belly, or loins, but a longing of the heart. Guys, we are all humans. We are all in this together. We all deal with insecurities and pain. And, the, and the, the fact that addiction is at its all-time high means that we should be speaking about this at a rate that we've never spoken about it before on a stage and in, a, in a, a way that is projected louder than ever before. Why are we quiet? Why is addiction not on the news every day? Why is addiction not all over social media in every conversation we're having? Why is the majority silent? The majority of people know someone that is an addict of some type, whether an alcoholic, a drug addict, you know somebody or you've been affected by somebody's addiction. Why are we not speaking about it? If we had an epidemic that was killing hundreds of people a day, if it was a disease or something, it would be everywhere. We talk about West Nile on the news, the flu on the news, but we don't talk about drug and alcohol addiction that's killing millions and millions of people a year. Why? It's driven by industry. It's driven by money. There's money in these industries. So it's normalized. And we're told that it's normal. It's okay. They promote alcohol on every commercial during football games. It's not a big deal. Pills, not a big deal. You have a surgery? Give you these pills. Just take these pain pills. It's not a big deal. We don't want to talk about We don't want to talk about it because it's uncomfortable. Welcome to America where we don't want to talk about things that matter because it's uncomfortable. That seems to be kind of the common thread these days in America. Uncomfortable things we don't want to talk about. We don't want to talk about God. We don't want to talk about racial, racial issues. We don't want to talk about drug addiction. Ooh, because it's uncomfortable. So we don't talk about it. So, we have to, so there has to be people on the fringe that bring it up. And then they're extremists. Well, then I guess I'm an extremist. Guys, the outcry was heartbreaking yesterday from all the people that when they found out that Juice World had died. Now, I didn't listen to a lot of Juice World. I'm familiar with his music. You may, you may be, you may not be. But he was impactful in culture. He was 21 years old. And he was surrounded by people. So what that tells me is those people around him were A, either using drugs with him, or B, turning a blind eye to his drug use. To have a seizure and die from drug use doesn't mean that he was smoking weed doesn't mean he had a, a shot of Don Julio. I don't, they're going to do a toxicology report. But guys, these people are doing hard, heavy drugs. 
I'm not talking down on them. I feel for them. It's from a place of insecurity and pain. But the people around them that allowed that and didn't speak up and the people around the tens of millions of addicts in our country that don't speak up and that are silent and don't want to be uncool or unpopular or hated so they don't say anything to their friend who has an obvious alcohol problem or who has an obvious cocaine problem or we don't want to say anything because we, we don't want to be the bad guy. I'm their friend. What if they don't like me anymore? Well, what if they die? Oh, Kyle, that's crazy. No, it's not. Ask my parents if there were nights when they thought that I was dead. Mixing alcohol, Xanax, cocaine, unresponsive. Ask my ex about it. Is, that, is it really that far-fetched to think that somebody using substances might die? It happens all the time. It happens hundreds of times a day in America. People die from substances. Don't let your friend be that one. And that's the big takeaway that I think we need to have here when it comes to this subject, guys, is that this is a, a preventable thing, but there has to be a change. We have to make a change. People have to speak up. If we continue to listen and consume the music that talks about cocaine, Xanax, lean, Molly, they will continue to glorify that music. Artists will continue to make music about those drugs. Kids will continue to use the drugs because that's what they hear in the music. That's what they think is cool. That's what they see their favorite rappers, uh, celebrities doing. They're going to continue to do that. And people are going to continue to die. Just facts. People are dying right now today. Today, statistically, several hundred people are going to die in America from an overdose, a substance overdose. Today. I hope it's not your friend. I hope it's not you. I know it won't be me. Thank, thank God. I say that with complete gratitude. I made it out. But guys, nobody is safe. But we have to do something. This is me taking part in my action to do something. This podcast, the way I speak on social media, if you interact with me in person, I'm not quiet about my opinions on alcohol and drugs. I'm not quiet about my opinions on the messaging in rap music, hip-hop, music in general. Again, these names, Michael Jackson, Whitney Houston, Amy Winehouse, Prince. Those are big names, impactful, but gone too soon. Guys, what you can do about it? Well, I can't do anything. How how am I going to stop drug addiction? It's just like anything. Martin Luther King, it takes one person to start a movement. It takes you doing what you can, where you're at, with the people you're around. Speaking up, guys, I'm not going to continue to partake in this or, or to your friend that you know has a problem, talking to them with love, loving them, sending them a note, encouraging them, being in their life, being present, being available. These are not impossible tasks. Encouraging them not to do something when you know you shouldn't take that. You shouldn't sniff that. Hey, man, do not take that pill. Hey, man, I wouldn't do that. Hey, man, are you okay? Hey, is there anything I can do for you? Hey, how are you? Check on people. Be there. Again, they're not using substances because they're in love with substances. No one sets out to be an an addict. But our insecurities and our pain drive us to use more and more and more. In my own experience, the only thing that can help you, that will save you, is being able to reach out to people around you. The help that I received from my mother and several select people around me, and my father, the constant love and support and always being there through my addiction is what saved me. 
is what got me into rehab to get me help. I'd be dead without it. If I had nobody, I'd be dead. I'd be another name on this list right here. Lil Peep, Mac Miller, Juice World, Chris Farley, Prince, Elvis Presley, Kyle Crabtree. I'd be another name on the list if I didn't have people in my life that constantly were there, that I knew cared, that I knew weren't going to give up on me, no matter what decisions I made. Being there for other people, being there for the people you love, being there for the people you know are struggling, not writing them off, not going with this, this stupid, get rid of the toxic people. But they're, they're toxic because they're unhealthy. So you're saying get rid of all the unhealthy people? I understand if somebody's beating you, you should get rid of them. I understand if somebody's just cursing you out every time you see them, distance yourself. But cut out the toxic people? We could all be considered toxic by someone different. Someone might think my, intens- my intensity is toxic. Somebody might, might not like my opinions and think that that's toxic. Somebody may, may not like the way you talk and think that's toxic. That's a stupid overall blanket statement. You should be wise in the people you surround yourself with. But cut out all the toxic people. So drug addicts and alcoholics are definitely toxic. So we should just leave them alone and cut out all the toxic people. Cut out all the addicts. Leave them alone. Let them be. Let them die on their own. Absolutely not. I'm so sick of these online sayings that everybody buys into that are completely selfish and ignorant. Yes, I agree. You should distance yourself from people that are unhealthy for you. You shouldn't hang out every day with your friend that sniffs coke all the time right in front of you. But you shouldn't cut them out of your life. You need to be available and be present more than ever because they're obviously struggling. They're not toxic by choice. Most people don't become toxic by choice. It is choices that they made that eventually do become toxic. But they need people that are going to be there for them. They will be in their corner when they do need help, when they do need a ride at 3 in the morning, when they do need a shoulder to cry on, when they need someone to talk to because they have nobody to talk to. If you're not there, who's there? That's what we can do about it. We can stop consuming the music that pushes the agenda of drugs and alcohol just to drive music sales. That's a big one. We can blame the, in, the music industry all we want. See, they're just feeding us all this garbage. We're consuming it. They couldn't sell it. They wouldn't sell it to us if we weren't consuming it. If all we wanted was music about balloons, they would give us music about balloons. Industries respond to the consumers, not the other way around. If nobody bought Doritos, Doritos would be out of business. If everybody said, Doritos, we don't like Cool Ranch. We want to have Fiery Habanero only. They'd make Fiery Habanero only. These, these companies and these industries are not concerned about what product they, they make to make money. They're concerned about what product will you buy to make money. The music industry will make any music that you want as long as you consume it and pay for it. That's what's happening in the music industry. The, I talk a lot about not complaining, but I'm upset with the current hip-hop industry. The music is garbage. It's watered down. It's filled with terrible messaging, but it sells. You're consuming it. We're consuming it. Our culture consumes it, so they continue to produce it. Why would they not? If a product's selling, you're not going to stop making it. We have to change the narrative. We have to change what we're consuming if we want to change what's happening. Otherwise, people will continue to die, and it will get passed down from generation to generation as the messaging becomes worse because we're consuming it on a massive scale. That's what's happening. Media is feeding us what we want. We're consuming it. We are at fault. We have to take about accountability that we, the consumers, are the ones that are driving the toxicity. We are. We are consuming it.
So, thank you for bearing with me. Again, I want to put an asterisk here. I'm not here to condemn anyone or put anyone down. I am here on the side of life, of people living, of people making it out to a happier, better life without the use of alcohol and drugs. Again, my experience, I know what it's like on both sides. It's way better on this side. It just is. And to those of you listening that say, man, I don't really struggle with this. I know some people that do, but I don't. Be very careful. I didn't start out as an alcoholic. I didn't start out seeking to be an addict. It was slow and progressive. A little more, a little more, a little more. And I know 90% of you aren't going to take any action on what I said. That's fine. To the 10% of you that are impacted by what I have to say here, by what's going on, by these people that are continuing to die, by the people in your life that you know are struggling, the 10% of you that are going to take action, I'm with you. Thank you. I'm with you. Let's do this. We can make a difference. And we will make a difference. With or without anyone, I will be here continuing to say the same thing until I drop dead. This message isn't changing. It will be repetitive and redundant if you continue to listen to me. Alcohol and drug addiction is an epidemic that is killing our people. It's killing our families. It's killing our friends. It's killing people all around us. And we cannot be silent about it. We just can't. I hope one person today goes out and makes a change in their behavior. I hope one person goes out and is there for their friend that they were going to write off because they're quote unquote toxic. Change starts with you. Change starts with me. When you and me and a few others and then it snowballs. That's how change happens. One person at a time. I hope this was impactful for you. Again, this is something that's very close to my heart. This is something that I dealt with for a long time and I'm extremely passionate about. If you felt like I was too intense or that I said something you disagreed with, I apologize. I'm not here to offend anyone, but I am not here to stray away from the truth. If you have something to say and you'd like to talk about it, please feel free to hit me up on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, wherever you can find me, Facebook. Let's have a conversation. Let's be able to respectfully disagree. But when it comes to the topic of alcohol and drug addiction, the statistics leave no room for disagreements. People are dying every day, and it's up to us to do something about it. Thank you guys for listening. I love every single one of you. If I didn't, I wouldn't speak on this because I know it's not a popular topic. But I love you guys. I love every single person, and I want to be able to help and be impactful. I want people to live. I want people to be able to make it out of addiction and find happiness and realize that there is life outside of that. There is hope outside of that. You don't have to continue to suffer through addiction. Remember, insecurities and pain is what we have to deal with. Be willing to listen to your friends. Talk to your friends. Talk to the people around you. Make a difference. Make a difference. I'm Kyle David. Till next time, this has been Inside the Mirror Podcast. Guys, I just want to say thank you so much for giving me your time and listening to this podcast. I hope it's helpful for you. If it is helpful for you, and if it isn't helpful for you and you hate it, either way, please do me a favor. Click one through five stars wherever you're listening. Leave me a review and give me some feedback so I can make this 
the best podcast possible for you. Thank you so much.